Welcome to episode five of Getting Prospective. Uh, you're here with uh, David from the Bleacher Preachers and Tony. And uh, we had a had an interesting week last week, attending Central Gretna game. We also uh, will be covering some uh, top performers, of course. We we want to try to call out the top performers as much as possible. Uh, any of these kids deserve recognition. I know different levels. You know, people have different feelings about uh, their performances and what they actually mean. But no matter what, the kids did it, and they deserve to get recognition. So we're going to try to make it a priority to at least get those kids' names out there so people know what that they can perform at a top level and can produce because that's what every university is looking for. Uh, so we're going to spend a little time. We'll go over those top performers. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll uh, then talk about that central, central Gretna game, which was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a very good game. I'm trying to think of the proper wording I want to use. It was, I think it was a great learning experience for myself. I think for the teams involved. Um, you know, we, uh, we, I think we learned a lot and they learned a lot from each other. So, uh, first we'll, uh, we'll kind of dive in and then I don't know if there was anything that stood out to you last week. I know we, we kind of called that Millard West North game. I don't know what your, what was your initial reaction when you saw that Millard West beat North? Um, well, initially I was a little shocked, I guess you would say. I didn't think it would come down to a last second field goal, yeah. nor did I think the score would be so low, I guess, because, uh. From what we've seen when we, they played Bellevue West, their offense is a little, it's a, a little high powered, I would say. Yeah. Um, so a 19 to 16 score was a little surprising to me. Um, and I also thought Omaha North was on the up and up after beating uh, number one Bellevue or number two Bellevue West. Excuse me. Right. Well, we talked a little bit about that. That Millard West line is pretty darn good. Their linebackers got a good cornerback. You know, I don't know. We we obviously weren't at the game, but uh, you uh, you know our uh, one of the Bleacher Preachers, Eric, was at the game, and didn't you say he, he said there was a penalty that kind of pushed him into that, that field goal range right at the end? Yeah, I believe it was a false start that bumped them up yeah. five yards into field goal range because initially they weren't in field goal range at the end of the game. Well, it wouldn't have been a false start. It would have been a – It would have made it like a 50-yarder had – I mean, had he – because it was like a 46-yarder he made, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about – I mean, that five yards is huge. I'm sure um, Coach Martin wasn't too happy about that. That penalty call, but you gotta give a lot of props to Millard West the way they came out and performed. Uh, that kicker, Cameron Spicer, I mean that's that's clutch. You know, making that field goal against that level of opponent. Um, so congrats to uh, to Millard West on that that big win over a very good Omaha North team who is not going nowhere. You know, sometimes as we said, styles make fights, and uh, that definitely the styles they play well against each other, both physical teams and. You know, it's, sometimes it just comes down to the, that game of inches or penalties or a 46-yard field goal. So, um, you know, that was something that stood out to us. It, you know, something else that stood out to me is the, you know, I, I expected that Papio-South Pavilion game to be to be a pretty close game. And it wasn't as close as what I thought it was potentially going to be. It seemed like that defense of Papio really gave Papio-South some trouble. Um, they... Peyton Prestito, you know, the running back there, he, you know, is going to be an all-state back, you know, did his thing. I believe it was 149 yards he had rushed for. Um, Isaac Perriman had a, a very solid game. I, I think I'm going to actually call him out and as one of the top performers as well. So that was something else that kind of, uh, you know, really stood out to me for the week was uh, the way that Papio performed against Papio South in a rivalry game. 
and you know, and essentially, you know, to a certain extent, kind of dominate the game a little bit. So uh, with with that, we're we're gonna hop into the top performers. I jotted out a big list of people, uh, so I'm gonna do my best to get through uh, as much as I can. I don't want to spend uh, you know ten minutes doing this, but again, we want to make sure that we are calling out the people that perform uh, because they they deserve to get that recognition and, and be able to show or hear what uh, what they're able to accomplish. So uh, kind of hopping right into the list, we got um, from Carney. Uh, you know, the Carney teams are always tough. You know, people, I don't know if people regularly underestimate that Carney team. And, again, they're kind of like a Gretna and, you know, Westside and, and, you know, Bellevue West, these schools where they're just, Coach Cool is, is such a good coach. He has some kids ready to play every single week. Uh, and they're going to give trouble to just about anybody they play. Uh, Abel Molina from Carney, the 2024 running back, 166 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you got Theron Miller, the, he's a linebacker out of Hem, Hemingford. Uh, he's also a class 2024. Uh, he had 16 tackles, four for a loss, with a sack and a fumble recovery. So it was all over the field on defense. Uh, for Sumner Eddieville Miller, you got running back Maddox Jones, class of 2025, so a junior. Uh, 28 carries for 194 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, C.J. Goff, it seems like he's on our list every week. You know, he's having he's having a solid year, uh, both receiving and rushing. Again, he's a senior, 81 rushing yards, um, had 98 receiving yards, three touchdowns, three more touchdowns. So from Broken Bow, I, there were, I actually, they had three running backs that all went for over 100 yards. Eli Coble, Bryce Chaplin, and Cruz Stefanik all went for over 100 rushing yards with four touchdowns. So they uh, really pounded <laughs> the team that they played. Ethan Latta from Dundee County Stratton, class of 2026, so sophomore, at 128 yards rushing with 27 yards, receiving three touchdowns with an, with, and had an interception on defense. Uh, Mitchell Hupp from Stanton, class of 2024. 6'2", 175 pounds, good-sized kid. 208 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Also had nine tackles and one-and-a-half sacks on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, quarterback Barrett Wilk from Stanton, uh, class of 2025, had six touchdowns on the night. Almost broke 100 yards rushing at over 200 yards passing. Palmer's Gatlin Reimer, the quarterback, class of 2025, had 93 rushing yards, 180 passing yards, had four touchdowns, had 102 kick uh, kick return yards, and then 24 tackles and a fumble recovery on defense. So he he went bananas on on the those guys. Uh, running back Elijah Bergstrom Axtell, class of 2025, 162 rushing yards, three touchdowns, also had a pick on D. Uh, Tyler Aldrich. From Lincoln Northwest is somebody that's been on our list a couple times. A senior receiver, 5'10", 135 receiving yards, had 65 kick return yards, along with two touchdowns and a fumble recovery. Now, a name uh, I think might be sliding a little bit under the radar on uh, Lincoln Northwest is a Stephen Freddy. He's a, he's a senior, had 17 tackles. He's got 43 tackles through three games. So averaging double-digit tack tackles right now for... For those Falcons. Uh, quarterback Noah Shoemaker from Kozad, class of 2025, 6 for 385 pounds, uh, really good athlete, 214 passing yards, 
171 rushing yards, four touchdowns. Picked off a ball. Average 50 yards on kickoff. So he's their kicker as well. Average 50 yards of kickoff and 39 yards of punt. Doing it with the legs, the arm, whatever it takes. Wyatt Dent from Central City, class of 2026. 203 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Josh Rojas, Lutheran Northwest, 159 yards rushing, four touchdowns, had 60 punt return yards. Also chipped in with 12 tackles and a pick on the, on the defensive side. Lane Bellina from Hiles Dodge, class of 2024. 242 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Got Dayton Coppin from Cambridge, class of 2025, 58 rush yards, 154 receiving yards, 24 kick return yards. So it's 276 total yards is what he had for two touchdowns. Uh, Sam Sauerdyke, Thayer Central, class of 2025, 6'385 pounds. Now, Sam Tony, I don't know how much you know about Sam, but since his freshman year, this, this kid is an athlete. He led his he led his class in scoring on the basketball court his freshman year. He was averaging like like twenty points a game, something like that, on the basketball court. Uh, but is a hell of a, a football player as well. At one hundred and fifty six rushing yards with three touchdowns, and then threw in ten tackles on defense. Also kick he's also their kicker. Kicked average fifty yards a kickoff. Uh, running back Keenan Valverde. This may be somebody you heard of. <laughs> He's won the state title last year. Uh, you know, this is an example of big things come in small packages. You know, he's 5'7", 160 pounds, uh, but he is just a monster on the football field. Ran for 300 rushing yards, four touchdowns, and had a pick on defense. So Isaiah Morgan from Omaha, Bryant, running back on 146 yards, two touchdowns. And Jeremiah Gorman from Bryant. He had 142 all-purpose yards. He had 70 yards receiving with two touchdowns. Had a had an interception return as well. I know you've been pretty impressed with with that Brian team. Yeah, I mean they they're two and zero to start. I'm not sure when the last time they started a season off two and zero. So yeah. I mean I guess it would be pretty exciting. Uh, it is. I guess it would be exciting for them um, to see them on the up and up. Uh, they got a lot of young, great athletes there. It seems like it's kind of starting to come together. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who they... Do you, you think it helps them? Because the... So, Gorman was played a lot of quarterback last year. But now they got, you know, that young man that I know you like at quarterback. Orion. Perry. Yeah. So, and, you know, last week he ran for, you know, he, he had like 300 yards. You know, just, just blew up. Had another pretty solid game this time around, too. So, you know, I think, you know, having that extra athlete at that quarterback position you know, frees Gorman up to be a little bit more, I think, involved in different ways in the offense. You know, use him on special teams a little bit more because you're not afraid of him getting hurt and needing him to, to be your quarterback, right? You know, Brian is definitely putting some things together. I, I do, they did have two, they do have two linebackers. They had, in this game, they had 34 tackles between the two of them in this last game. Uh, they're both last, uh, one is Peyton and one is uh, Michael Thomas. They're not related. They don't look anything alike, <laughs> but um, a Peyton, excuse me. And there are 34 tackles. Ten of them were for losses, just between the two linebackers that they had. So it might be, uh, I think Brian has Bellevue East coming up, which Bellevue East is coming off a, a loss. Um, you know, you probably expect Brian to win that game, but 
you know, is it safe to say that Brian may be a team you're interested in going with the right matchup? Yeah, I'd be more than interested in seeing Omaha Brian play. Um, like I said, they they got some pretty young, good athletes. Like Corian, uh, he's a transfer, former Omaha Central student. Um, so him coming over there. It moves Gorman out, right? So it allows Gorman to be a little bit more, use his athleticism a little bit more than, than just having to control that that offensive backfield at the quarterback position. Correct. Yeah. Getting back to the top performers, uh, Quentin Archer from Bennington, 191 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Do you think Bennington's quickly becoming the team that people like to hate? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and, it, and it's, is it a good hate or a bad hate, though? You know, it's like they're, what are they won? Twenty-eight games in a row, yeah. something like that. So it's you know there there comes the hate from winning consistently like that. But then you have the manners in which they win that kind of bother people too, right? So you have the the goal line situation against Scott that really rubs some people the wrong way. Which I can I can totally see why <laughs> that would rub people the wrong way. You know? I've seen uh, there's people going back and forth online, and I'm just like, yeah, you guys got to cool it a little bit. <laughs> And, you know, and then you got one guy who's arguing, saying, I ain't got any, I ain't got a dog in the fight. Like, I, you know, but so why are you arguing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a Moscow fan, I mean, you, I, I feel like you have, uh, every, you have a legitimate beef. <laughs> you have a legitimate beef. Yeah. Especially with Bennington, you know, it's, uh, it's almost like a, a Millard South versus Millard West type of thing and Omaha prep versus West Side type of thing. Um, yeah. It's just, it runs. Right along those lines of those biggest rivalries, uh, Bennington and for, Scott. For Scott, it, it is very much – It I think it hurts them. And it doesn't hurt them. That's not what I want to say. I think it bothers them more because what Bennington is now is what Scott was. Yeah. Scott was like the program. right? And not to yeah. say that they're not now. They're a very good program. But Bennington obviously has kind of taken over that, that top dog in that Class B. And I don't think Scott likes that very much. Well, no. Uh, well, you know. Ten years ago or so, back when I was in high school, Bennington was Class C. Yeah. So, yeah, they've kind of moved up and kind of taken over. You know, they're planted their flag, and obviously they're they're here to stay. So, I one th- I just hope to little baby Jesus <laughs> that these two play each other come playoff. Like, I, that's that's my that is one thing. If I could have a Christmas present, that's what I'm going to ask for is a Bennington Scott playoff game well hopefully it's a state championship game that would, that would be <laughs> that would, you know, it stakes even higher yeah right? that would be great parker Bohr, <laughs> boone central a running back class of 2024 had 202 rushing yards had a had a, had a very good game uh, the guy that i was mentioning isaac perriman i do have him on here class two, 2025 he's five nine hundred seventy five pounds from papio had a heck of a game against papio south it was one of the big reasons they won 104 yards receiving with a touchdown and a fumble recovery uh, Connor Booth, Bishop Newman, recently uh, recently committed Husker, had 313 rushing yards with five touchdowns, had 200 yards in the first quarter. Jesus. Yeah, can you imagine how you must feel like? <laughs> if you were him or if you were the defense? <laughs> the defense. I, I know how I would feel if I was him. I'd be walking around like that place like my crap didn't stink, I'll tell you that much. I'd own that place. But, man, 200 yards in the first quarter, that is uh, that's impressive. Dylan Higby from Clarkson Lee, class of 2024, 241 rushing yards, two t- two touchdowns. Uh, quarterback Anthony Rezac from Omaha Westside, class of 2024, 6'4", 195 pounds. Um, 
It's another one of those like Carter Nelson. Never heard of him, right? <laughs> Maybe one of the most underrated quarterbacks in state, even though he's one of the top quarterbacks in state. I have no idea how somebody hasn't grabbed him yet. 249 passing yards, 58 rushing yards, four touchdowns. Only had six incompletions the whole night. So uh, just an efficient. He's just a smart quarterback that can use his legs, um, you know, can find open receivers. I mean, it's, you know, whoever uh, decides to, to to bring him in or whoever he chooses to bring in, uh, bring him in there. They're, they're going to be a good, a good luck team. Um, that tight end that I like from Platteview, Ryman Zebert. Class 2025, 6'5", 187 pounds. Uh, listed as wide receiver as well. 130 yards, two touchdowns. Only had two catches. So average 65 yards a catch. Two touchdowns. Big kid. Uh, Gage Hedstrom, St. Mary's, class 2026. Gage is another one. As a freshman last year, was just putting up those, those Tech Mobile-type numbers. Um, Tech Mobile. Did I date myself with that, <laughs> with that reference? Just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, there's no college football game anymore, right? They're supposed to be coming, right? It's supposed to be. Um, so I, I wasn't going to say Madden. That just seemed a little too out of the league. So <laughs> Tech Mobile. What's nothing wrong with Tech Mobile? What's wrong with what you got against Tech Mobile? Uh, or are you more of a super Tech Mobile? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not either one of those guys. I'm the uh, Madden NCAA, you know, a little more modern. Running back Sebastian Boyle, Scott's Bluff, class 2024. 210-pound running back, 150 yards and a touchdown. One of the stars of the week, Mr. J.R. Now, I always call him Lacuna, but I've heard that people pronounce it different ways, like um, Lacuana. I've heard people pronounce it that way. JR, feel free to, to uh, fix it. I hate messing people's names up, but for now you're going to be JR Lacuna from Millard South. I just dominated that game. Uh, 14 tackles, three and a half of them for loss, two and a half sacks, and an interception he returned for a touchdown. Just was an absolute beast on that defensive line. Uh, Drake Zimmerman from Ashland Greenwood, last 2024. Another 200-pound running back, six foot, good size. 123 rushing yards, touchdown. 136 receiving yards with two touchdowns. 68 kick return yards, 327 yards in a loss. So I definitely did his part. Uh, running back Mason Gunn from Gretna East. So Mason I've seen at camps, and I always liked Mason. He transferred from Gretna to Gretna East, uh, probably because the backfield's a little crowded. I mean, obviously got Isaiah Weber, who we'll talk about. Um, but he transferred to Gretna East, ended up with uh, 93 rushing yards with three touchdowns and 74 receiving yards with a touchdown. So a uh, pretty darn good game there for Mason Gunn. Maybe uh, somebody to keep an eye on here in the near future. Uh, Nolan Mox from Waverly, class 2024, 6'4 quarterback, 247 passing yards with a touchdown, 66 rushing yards with a touchdown. Adam Dinkert from uh, Kennesaw, class 2026, 209 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Also threw in 10 tackles on defense. Got Jordan Anderson from Lincoln, Lincoln North Star, class 2025, and 140 rushing yards and a touchdown. So I put something out there because obviously Lincoln North Star, they won that first game 93-0 against Benson, and they won this last game 
I think it was 50 to nothing. 50 to nothing, yep. So, and I put something out there on Twitter saying, you know, Lincoln Northstar, 2-0, and have outscored their opponents 143-0. to And, man, people were just bashing on Northstar. Just like, they ain't played nobody. They got bums, you know, like. They just were going after them. Yeah, well, you play who you're scheduled. So yeah, I mean, right, you know? you know. But I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on that Lincoln North Star program. So Dean Donaldson, the quarterback from Creighton Prep, who, you know, is a little bit more of a slinger. He's in that 7v7 stuff with Nebraska Elite. And the coaches there have always talked really highly of Dean about his ability to throw the ball. He seemed a little handcuffed to Creighton Prep transfers to North Star. He's now working with Tommy Armstrong there from, you know, from Nebraska. And... You know they're the two zero. I mean they're they're doing the thing right. They got a couple good receivers. I don't Tony. I don't know if you've ever seen Mikey Hunter Jr., but if you are not familiar, get familiar because that kid is legit. And they got Kobe Allen. I like. I saw him in a camp that whiteout camp that I went to. One of the pro receivers that were there were helping run drills when Mikey Hunter came up to to start the drill. He was telling one of the other pro guys, "Hey, come here, watch this kid." Really? Yeah. I mean, they, the, the pro players were looking at this kid like, you know, he's got something. Um, so, you know, Lincoln North Star may, people may be, yes, the competition has been great. They, but as you said, they played who's in front of them. And, but, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't try to take a bone away from a dog because they might bite you back, you know. Uh, Caden Vermas, Miller North on Thursday night, a six-foot safety that's committed to Nebraska, had three touchdowns on the night, including a 93-yard kickoff, 93 kickoff return. And then uh, one of your favorites as well, Tony Palmer, South Sioux City. Set a, he set a record for the school, uh, 364 rushing yards with five touchdowns. Uh, he said two records. Two, two, two records. Yeah. Two school records. You know, this kid is, is somebody that, you know, beforehand you and I were kind of talking about it and this is this is kid is like somebody we actually considered traveling to see <laughs> that's that's just what I I mean I seen him in camps and, and I was very impressed and you know watch him on the field now you know I want to see him go against some good competition which is coming down the road here pretty soon he will be in Omaha for those that um, would like to see him if you're able to you know they they play Omaha South at a lot of their, you know, high quality opponents we, that you would consider in, in Class A, I think I believe they play at home. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely somebody you guys got to keep an eye on. He is only a junior, so he'll be around for another year. Also a very good wrestler. Very, also a very good wrestler. And you wrestled, you wrestled too a little while for North when you were there. And I think a lot of people believe, and, and I believe that wrestling can contribute very strongly to the football world. Yeah, it definitely can. Ability to uh, stay low to the ground, you know. Uh, you know, in football, the low man, they say the low man wins most of the time. Um, and he's able to control his body um, and, you know, break tackles. Yeah, wrestling usually. So you ran track too, though, right? You ran track for a little bit. Yeah, I did. You wrestled, right? Yeah. Which, would, which, which of the two? Do you think helps? Oh, it's wrestling. I'm not even going to let you finish that. It's wrestling, hands down. I'm not even going to let you finish that. One. I mean, track, you're just running. I mean, it, you know, you work on different speed workouts or, you know, depending on what you're doing. It helps but, with burst and whatnot, right? Yeah. I mean, wrestling, it's just physical. It, you know, that prepares you to be, you know, in a wrestling match. Don't get me wrong. I feel like it's, unless if you're a lineman and you're just physical every single play, um, I would say 
wrestling is a lot more physical than any other position, I guess, besides the offensive or defense lineman on the football field. And if you're a running back um, and you're a good running back and you have a wrestling background, I feel like that just makes you that much better. Um, but you think about people trying to wrap up your legs. Well, yeah. To tackle you, right? Now, yeah, it's, your center of gravity is a little is lower. You're able to get lower. You can, you're able to just have guys bounce off of you, I guess. You know, you keep your legs moving. And Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, I believe that as well. I mean, a lot of these good players that you see are wrestlers, like Derek Wacker out in Utah. Utah, he's a wrestler. I mean, I guarantee you went and looked at a lot of these kids that are performing. I wouldn't be surprised if Connor Booth. I haven't looked at Connor Booth outside of football, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's a wrestler. Isaiah, Isaac Dickey, I believe, was a wrestler who committed to Nebraska as well, a fullback. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, the ability to obviously, you know, get through that physicality, like you said, learn that center of balance. Um, learn how to get out of arm holds, right, you know, and, and how to break those things. Tributes pretty strongly to football. So uh, multi-sport athletes are very important in this world. There's a time and place where people probably, maybe even some coaches didn't want kids playing other sports, but it is so important. And I would bet the majority of coaches in the Metro would agree. You see a lot of these kids, whether it's track, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whatever the case may be. Um, that competitiveness, that conditioning, the the skills that you can learn, you can apply them in different ways. Yeah, well, you see a lot of like uh, college coaches. They'll they'll recruit a football guy. They'll they'll show up to their basketball games and see what effort they're given there, what kind of athletic ability they have on the court, or you know, the wrestling mat, or whatever the other sport may be. Um, a lot of college coaches would like to see you know the kids that they're recruiting you know be in multiple sports and as active as they can, just to show that their versatility and their athleticism. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, you, I'm going to ask you one question before we get to the Gretna Central Games. We were talking about all this. Who's one of the most impressive athletes you ever played for? Because you played with some pretty pretty good kids, I mean, from north, you know, with Coleman and Ryan at the running back positions, a couple good receivers. Millard South, you had Urban. Uh, what was the running back's name? I can't even remember his Eddie name. Eddie Collins. Eddie Collins. Yeah. Uh, so, who was the best athlete that you – ever was on the field with that you were just like, man, that's like this guy can go. Um, I'd say it's probably a toss-up between uh, Ron Coleman. Obviously, he's a four-time state uh, champion here in Nebraska. Um, and Quentin Urban, who was a, a beast in all every sport he played in. Yeah. So um, I'd say it's probably a toss-up between those two guys. Um, Did Urban wrestle? No, Urban was he was he played basketball. He played basketball. basketball. Player. I do remember that. Now. Yeah, they. Uh, uh, I think our junior year of high school, they uh, he he led the team for like their first. He was he actually, yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, he led the team their their like their first state championship appearance in a, a while, and then our senior year, we actually Miller my, our Miller South team actually beat Omaha Bryan and Omaha Central that year, who were the teams that ended up. Playing in state, uh, Galen Gillies, Bryant Bears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I say Quentin Urban. He was a, a really good athlete. He also played baseball in the spring. He actually ended up. Uh, he got scholarships to play football at South Dakota. Declined those. Um, he actually went and accepted a baseball scholarship at Nebraska. He played for the Huskers. He played for Creighton Blue Jays baseball. Yeah. So I, I would say either between him and, and Ron Coleman, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those guys were very. Um... I do. I remember both those guys you were playing with them. They were, you know, I really liked the Bryant kid at the running back position too. And North, North, just their whole setup between 
the, the, the thunder and lightning, if you will, between Bryant and Coleman was just crazy back then. Yeah, those were good times. Um, but so let's get to the, you know, the the main part of uh, what what we want to discuss, and that was the time that we spent at the Omaha Central uh, Gretna game down in uh, downtown Omaha. Maybe a little more for Central than for Gretna, although we did. I think people we wanted to see how good Gretna still was. You know, they did lose some people. They got some returning people. You know, it was, as we've said, they're well coached, so we kind of expected them to to be Gretna. You know, and we were, but we were really interested in in seeing where Central was in comparison to to competing with them, right? So when we started, you know, we started the game. Central had a lot of momentum. They they seemed to be doing things pretty well. I mean, there was a couple first drive, a couple first drives stalled for both teams. Central got a turnover. They got a fumble recovery. Uh, well, I believe Wilcoxon's the one that fumbled. And then they took the ball. They went right down the field. It was your boy, right? That's you got a. They had you know they had specific plays set up for him. Marie Sherrod. Yeah. They had specific plays set up for him, and he ended up taking what, what was that like a it was about a thirty yard pass. Um, it was a yep, a thirty five yard um. Little shovel pass, so little shovel pass, jet sweep type of thing. He kind of busted it right up the middle. There. Right, came across the motion and took it right up the middle for you know thirty five yards. Yeah, you. I, I know that you know Sherrod was somebody that you noticed, and he. We found out that he just became eligible to, yeah, to that, play that game. Well, no, it was the uh, first week. The eligible that first week that Friday, the first week. So right, he got a minimal. I think he got minimal playing time. That the first week, because I don't, I don't know if they actually knew he was going to play or not. Um, but then in the second week, you could see that, you know, they had some plays designed up for him. He actually didn't start the game at DB, um, what I noticed. Um, and after the second series, he was then the he, – he's played he played corner the whole rest of the game. Yeah, so, he's, so he ended up with uh, two catches for 35 yards. Um, but – Right off the bat, like he he showed his athleticism, and, and then you saw him on the defensive side of the ball too, and so it seems like they're really starting to work him in the offense. And I I, I know I, you said that you found out too that they they have some specific plays in their playbook for him too. Yeah. So you know, Marie Sherrod, he's a class of 2024. He is a senior, transferred from Omaha North. That's what we heard, right? So you know, it's definitely somebody to kind of keep an eye on the wrinkles in those systems because. You know, he uh, he opened up the game strong for him. You know, helped him out in that defensive backfield. I think they're going to start seeing him a little bit more. And, and you know, they got those plays in there that uh, that they'll start using him. So they came out and they they punched the ball in off that turnover, got momentum. Gretna, they they are just such a tough physical team, and they just hammer you with Isaiah Weber. Class, he, now Weber is. He's a little muscle bound, man. <laughs> I believe we we were talking to somebody, right? And he's like, he's like, that's is that the one that was like the national CrossFit and like the junior CrossFit? And I was like, I don't know. And you're like, yeah, I think he was. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's easily translatable on the field. You can see it. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I mean, just such a tough tackle and, and runs hard. Got great balance. Um, class 2024, five foot seven hundred eighty pounds for Weber. Uh, he's in his senior year. They, they do such a good job with just moving the line. That offensive line did a great job of just moving the ball, creating holes, letting Weber kind of do his thing, grind some things out. Yeah, they had 536 total offensive yards. Yeah. So, 
and they what it, what it what it built off of an ability to do that was it gave Alex Wilcoxon such a tremendous opportunity between the zone reads and the play action to make plays, which he did. Wilcoxon is also a senior, six foot, 175, 175 pounds. He, you know, he's a, he's a sharpshooter on the basketball court and just an Anthony Rezac type of performance. Um, he showed a lot of that ability, you know, of just making smart plays, using his legs. Uh, ended up with uh, 234 passing yards, 93 rushing yards, and six touchdowns. Three passing, three rushing. Just absolutely could not stop that him in general. That zone read, you know, he, all of his touchdowns, his rushing touchdowns came on a zone read. Yeah, and you can see it. Um, I'm not sure what Central exactly was doing on defense as to how they were reading the zone read or what their decision-making to just follow the running back or follow the quarterback. But, yeah, when Wilcox decided to keep it, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was like the Red lanes, Sea parted. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> we, were, we were standing on Central sideline, and there's the one guy, like, <laughs> there's the one guy on the, the coming from the stands just yelling at the coaches, telling them, telling them, the receivers are slow, get in there. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if people really truly understand. It's easy to coach from the stands, but when somebody is just, you know, when somebody is just punching you mouth, Mike Tyson always said that you always have a game plan until somebody punches you in the mouth, right? Correct. And that's exactly what Gretna did. But that was what something that we were, we were wanting to see. Yeah. You know, we we talked about it last week. Is we wanted to see if Central could match Gretna's physicality. Well, I think they they did a pretty good job in the first quarter. Like you said, you know, it was yeah, Central was winning that game, and then I think it all kind of the momentum changed. It shifted uh, after the. They blocked a punt, and then I think Gretna scored in two, a play or two or something like mm-hmm. that. And then it just kind of snowballed. Um, and they got behind, which hurt them. <laughs> yeah. You know, Newsom was running for his life. Yeah, he was. I mean, they the, the central offensive line had a hard time containing uh, Blake Hawkins, the defensive end from Gretna, 6'3", 235 pounds. He only had five tackles, two for loss, had a sack. But I don't think his numbers really do justice to the disruption that he caused on an almost an every play basis. I mean, it seemed like he was in the backfield, that offensive backfield on almost every play. Just was a monster. Uh, Jack Rhodes also uh, was causing a lot of problems from the linebacker position. Also a senior, 6'2", 210. Only had four tackles, one for a loss, but just the pressure they were putting on Newsom. Central just could not get in the groove. that he So Newsom... You know, they, they we were doing, we were talking about it, they he, they were doing a lot of uh, right sideline rollouts. Yeah, especially in the first half, yeah. And, and uh, it sounded like from what you were saying that, uh, you know, they had kind of a specific game plan for that a little bit from yeah. what film they were watching. Um, you know, Sean Prince made some spectacular catches on the sideline. They had a few good catches, one on a tip drill late in the game. I mean, Sean Prince is everything and more than what people probably think he is. He's going to be... A top receiver in the state, no matter pretty soon, but they just could not buy Newsom enough time to really make the plays that he could or needed to make. He ended up throwing a reception and an interception, excuse me, Joey Veep uh, to Joey Veep, and and that kind of busted open the game. They end up going right down the field, scoring on that that play, and next thing you know, they're 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 behind two touchdowns, bam, just like that, right? Um, you know, the drive stalls again. They get behind three touchdowns. 
it, they just had a, such a hard time matching their physicality a lot in the first half. The second half was they, they did a good job with matching it. They were kind of scoring with them toe for toe. So it was really a matter of just getting behind and kind of, um, you know, they, they found themselves being able to stay in the game. So they were down, I believe, 28-7 to at halftime. And then the final score ended up being 49-28. So they matched them touchdown for touchdown almost in that second half. Well, they, they came out of the, the sec- in the second half and they scored, they scored right away, right? Right. I believe so. Yeah, and after, you know, they were only down by two touchdowns. I think they just couldn't stop Retina from scoring. Uh, essentially, you know, their defense needed a few stops, um, which is tough. But I think they—I don't—I think they still played pretty good. I mean, I—I I, yeah, I mean, I, I th- honestly, like we said, we we felt that Central would learn a lot about themselves in that game because Gretna is at a certain level. The way they play, the way they're coached, you know, who they are—that I, I think even Central, to a certain extent, was kind of—they were—they were happy to see how they're matching up right now and how they can kind of figure out how to get to that Gretna level. At least that's the impression I kind of feel like I left the game with and some of the coaches are, are leaving with as well is that, yeah, it was a loss, but for them it might be a good loss because they, they were kind of able to figure a little bit out about themselves and that level they need to be at um, and some of the things they need to do to be successful. I mean, they ran the ball decently themselves. Uh, you know, Kevin McGee had 12 carries, 60 yards. I uh, had some good runs. The, the one that was really impressive was the freshman, Kylon Haney. That kid ran like an absolute man. Um, he ended up with uh, he ended up with three touchdowns on the night, I believe. There was two touchdowns, excuse me. But he was just breaking tackles. Um, you know, you can't really see it a lot in the stats. The one big play he had was was in a little toss pitch that counted as a pass. He took 21 yards, but just in that run alone. He broke about three or three tackles. It took four people to get him to the ground. Yeah, and he is just a, such a hard runner. He is going to be a back that you have to absolutely watch in these coming years. But BJ Newsom, I thought, you know, he had a lot of trouble staying off the ground, uh, being chased around a lot. You know, he was sixteen for twenty nine, so it's not like he just biffed it. He did have one pick. You know, Joey beat that pick, but every time Central would inch closer, they would get a score. Gretna would come back and score. They just could not stop him on that defensive side of the ball. You know, even the things with their defensive backs, you know, DJ Sterling gets an interception. They end up going in and scoring on that, you know, bringing the score within a couple touchdowns again. You know, next possession, Wilcoxon, little play action, finds Joey Veith, gets behind DJ Sterling. Uh, Joey Veith, by the way, I believe he's coming to South Dakota State, you know, 2024, 6375 pounds, or excuse me, 170 pounds. He had a 39-yard touchdown catch. Just a little play action, got behind him, bam, hit him on the little post. Uh, he also had that interception. So Veith is a very impressive young man. You know, so he plays that cornerback position. You know, when really, you know, with his size, it's like he's not a typical cornerback, but he's he's such an athletic kid that he can maintain at that position and keep up. You know, he was primarily playing a lot with with Deshaun Prince, one on one. Yeah. You got West Side number one. You got. Who, who they put in number two right now? Um, I'm not sure. Whoever's at number two usually. I think Millard South, I think people bumped up to number two. Correct, yeah. So Millard South, it's a physical team. I mean, the defensive line is ridiculous. They're ridiculously good. Um, they got a pretty good running back. You know, they can toss the ball around a little bit. 
but I think they rely a lot upon their physicality. Um, I mean, obviously, Omaha North, you got uh, Millard West, you know, who just beat Omaha North. I mean, Bellevue West, I think they're they're kind of in the same boat as Central where they're, they're still learning some things. They haven't been fully healthy. You know, not having McMorris and, and Winter and those guys hasn't necessarily helped. They're figuring some things out on defense. But Kearney, I mean, if you want to compete with these top teams in Class A and State, I think you have to be physical or you have to learn to handle physicality. Yeah, it's just the top, we'll, we'll say top five teams here. They have almost, Omaha West Side 1, Miller South 2, Kearney 3, Papiola Vista 4, Elkhorn South 5. Papiola Vista, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we can talk about them, but they, you know, they played against Papio South and, like I said, kind of dominated. And a lot of that was uh, was the physicality of it. You know, Peyton Prestito, 149 yards. I mean, they just kind of punched him in the mouth and, and was waiting for response. Defense is strong. Elkhorn South is a physical team. I mean, Ashton Murphy on the defensive line. They got three running backs that, that can come at you. Rauner's a pretty decent runner. So if Central really wants to, to make a run at things, they got to learn how to deal with that physicality. And they had a hard time with it against against Gretna, at least on the – least on the offensive side of the ball handling that defensive pressure would you agree yes I, I definitely agree. is there anything that surprised you about the game I thought um I thought central defense did a pretty good job of uh neutralizing uh Rhodes because he's a, a very good tight end uh, I think he's a very good tight end he's a big big target out there and I don't believe he had a single catch I think they targeted him in the end zone once the pass got broken up I think central's a, a good team. I think they're they have a good a great coaching staff as we learned that former Husker David Horns on the coaching staff as well as a couple of former Huskers on the coaching staff. I think they're good. I think they just have to find a way to get those guys the ball in space because they have um, a lot of great athletes. A lot might even be an understatement because they have a lot of guys who can do great things with the football. I just feel like they have to figure out a way to get those guys the football, whether it's you know just screens or little quick dumps or, you know, jet sweeps or little shovel passes or, you know, anything like that just to, to get those guys loose. Because, you know, you're seeing, like, like with, with Hill, mm-hmm. give him a dump off and take it, you know, yeah. 20, 25 yards, uh, you know, with Sherrod, uh, you know, they give him a, a, a jet sweep just, and he takes so it 30 options. yards. Yeah, they have Tory a lot Pittman, of... I mean, all these guys, they just, you know, they could just keep coming at you, but you got to give your quarterback the time to make those throws, right? Yeah, I mean, and even if that's, not the case if their line isn't, you know, what it needs to be. Like I said, they I think still find a way to get find those a way guys to, to hide a little bit. I see quickly. what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I think Central's got some work. I think they'll be good. Uh, they'll, they'll get better, obviously, as the season progresses. And, you know, they figure out their, their real identity or. Well, I think they realized in that second half that they can play with them. Yeah. I think they found out some things that second half even matched them toe-to-toe. Um you know, that, that offensive line has got to figure out how to handle a strong defensive pressure. Mm-hmm. It, especially against these top teams in, yeah. in, in, in the Metro. I mean, you got to figure that out. Yeah. Just their defense in general, I think, are still figuring things out. Kayvon Newsom's a beast. You know, that uh, the linebacker, 6'1", 200 pounds. You know, you got talent at the defensive back position. So figuring out those schemes. But I think it all starts in those trenches. Yep, you're right. Um, and I think with Gretna, uh, you know, Gretna's Gretna. So... Next year will be interesting. We were kind of talking about that beforehand, too, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting. You talk about the Alex Wilcox and Joey Beats. Um, 
They're losing Blake all. Hawkins, Weber. I mean, they're all gone. Yeah, uh, Gretna's also one of those communities though that has a, they have a, a strong uh, system in which they bring their kids up through. So. I agree. Their youth programs are legit. Yeah, they are. Them, you know, the Elkhorns, you know, those 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 communities, they always uh, are on, I feel like they're always on the up and up. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see uh, who spills those shoes next year for those guys who are yeah. leaving. Well, Gretna East, take, you know, are obviously taking some players away from Gretna. Correct. So, yeah. you have that happening as well. So, you know, they got, it'll be, Gretna next year will be a very interesting case to kind of see what they have how they perform. We know they're going to be coached well. <laughs> I mean, all that's a given, right? So, um, one one person we I forgot to mention it was was Cam Bothwell, the kicker. You know, I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you and I were kind of laughing at one point because he kicked the, the one kick that he had. He hit the scoreboard. Yeah, it went over. It went over the kicking net. <laughs> went over the kicking net. Hit the, scoreboard. the scoreboard. Yeah. So I I think one way that they neutralized Central was they did not put the ball in the hands on kickoffs hardly at all. No, they did not. I I want to say that they Central maybe had that one kick return. Yeah. Everything else was a touchback. Well, there was a they had a penalty on one of the uh, one of the extra points I believe, and they they you know submitted that to the kickoff, and he then kicked that through the field goal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, their their kicker was really good. Yeah, their kicker he put on a little bit of a show. He missed one field goal, you know, toward the end, and it obviously wasn't super significant. But and, and you mentioned that he was a soccer player as well. He was a soccer player so as well. Another multi sport you know athlete out there. Yeah, absolutely. But strong leg, that, and that was one way I think they neutralized Central as I said is. And they did not allow any of those athletes to have a chance at those kick returns. They maybe got that crack at one, which, and you've seen what happened was Amir Hill ended up taking like 55 yards. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, that, that field position part of it was, was very important. And he, he plays, I mean, if you can get touchbacks like that, I mean, they scored seven times, you figure, you know, so he probably had about nine kickoffs and eight of them were touchbacks. I mean, that's, that's huge uh, for, for teams. So uh, that was kind of our experience, you know, at the Central. We, we called out the players that we, we really caught our eye, the ones uh, that we think that kind of a little bit of analysis of what we saw and what we feel is maybe coming with Central and, and with Gretna. I think they're both going to be contenders. I don't know. I think that's, for me at least, I think that's a... Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Central figured some things out in the second half and start seeing them implemented in some of their game plans, figure out that physicality. For Gretna... You know what you're good at. You know, it's just pound the ball, pound the ball. Got a quarterback making good decisions, and they're going to be tough to beat no matter who they play when they play the way they did against Central. Oh, man. Gretna's got prep next week. Gretna's so, got prep next week? Yeah, that'll be a good game, and I think Omaha Central's got – Prep's kind of figuring things out a little bit too. You know, they, they played out that gauntlet of a schedule, and they're kind of learning uh, growing up as they go here. And, uh, you know, really took it to that Miller North team, which is a little bit of a surprise, but um, not a huge one. But yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun game to watch. Central, who's Central guy? Um, Central plays Omaha, or I'm sorry, excuse me, they play Lincoln High, which will be downtown Lincoln. Okay, so they're gonna be playing Lincoln High next week, so that should be a W. Oh uh, yeah, you you would like to think so. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, obviously the big game of the week is gonna be Bellevue West West Side. You know, it would be nice um, to to see that Bellevue West figured some things out. Um, you know, they got they still they had a good game last week. You know, playing Burke. CJ Goff had a good game. Kalen looked pretty decent. Uh, you know they got they made they got their guys the ball that needed them. Whaley had another good game. I know you like Whaley. Yeah. Dylan Sheard had a good game at the linebacker position. Uh, Stanley Hader had a good game. So you 
know, hopefully that West team's getting some bigger. Hopefully they get healthy. You know, that's the bad part of it too is, you know, you got without McMorris and without, uh, you know, Gwinter helping out in the running back position. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can go into this game 100% and really give Westside one more all they got because, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be leaving next year. Right? Yeah. They're, they're seniors. And Westside has given it to Bellevue West the last couple of years. Westside's good, man. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat Westside. And a lot of it is, uh, I think for Westside, was the ability to adjust in the second half of games. A lot of those Bellevue West-Westside games were very close going into the second half. Bellevue West, I believe, was even leading the one a couple years ago uh, going in the second half and then just got shut out that second half. So, you know, coaching matters. And not to say that Huffman can't coach. I'm just saying uh, that, you know, making those adjustments is a huge part of the game and you got to be able to do it. Any other games you're looking forward to this week? Uh, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, so the games that we were looking at potentially going to, Millard South, Millard North. Yeah. Uh, Papio South and Elkhorn South was the other one, which yeah, yeah, I think yeah. is going to be a really good game. Uh, and then uh, we also kind of looked at Blair and Ralston a little bit. But I think, you know, Millard South and, and Millard North, are tra- their trajectories are a little bit different. So, you know, Millard North still has a lot of talent on the team. They just have not been able to completely put things together. And I know I think Vermont's got a little hurt that last game. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Millard South probably is going to come out pretty victorious, pretty well victorious in that uh, that rivalry game. And then uh, Elkhorn South and Papio South is intriguing to me. They're both coming off losses. Both physical teams uh, can run the ball, can throw off the the, the run. Some good defense. You know, I think that game uh, that game for me probably stands out as maybe one of the better ones in Class A for the week. I'd, yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. All right, well, that is uh, probably going to do it for us for this week of Get In Prospective. As always, if you have any clips, suggestions, and what we should cover, games we should go to, always feel free to uh, send, that, send that information to us. We're always receptive to, to those comments and you know, check out definitely check out the previous episodes if you haven't yet. We uh, we we spend probably a little more time than we like. You know, I'd like to keep these around a half an hour, but we get kind of wrapped up in making sure that we're talking about the players that performed, and then just uh, the talking and analysis of the game that we kind of get lost in the moments at times. So if you uh, you know if you like the show, definitely subscribe. Uh, you know, if you have any suggestions on ways that we could be better, we're an open book. You know, just just let us know. Read us to fill. <laughs> so for this week, uh, this is going to be David and Tony. We'll talk to you next week. Bleach Preachers out.